0: And here we go. The this Goose. I don't
1: apocalypse on Shabbos.
0: Trump (laughs) Shabbos. I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential
0: 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science.
1: But yes, I, I do think that this
0: movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Get me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant
2: classic for you?
0: Uh no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, movie goers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Kavanagh, and with me as always is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film past or present absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Hey, man, I'm going to try not to
1: be crazy. I'm a little under the weather, but it's okay. I live in a house, so it's fine.
0: (laughs) Have you tried not licking your hands so much? I don't know. They just taste so good with all the barbecue sauce that I eat. <laughs> oh, gross! You just bathe your hands. All the Arby's
1: five for five dollar roast beef sandwiches.
0: Oh man, I just read this total clickbait article about the like top twenty five worst fast food chains, and um, Arby's was was on that list. Really? Mm-hmm. I like
1: Arby's. That's well. To be fair, I haven't had Arby's in a while, so it might have gone downhill since. But um, yeah, I used to really, I used to really like it for the most part. They have curly fries.
0: They do. that is what it is. (laughs) Um, How are things? How are you? Uh, Things are good. I went wine tasting yesterday and didn't drink anything. And that was fun. Nice. (laughs) I was the designated driver. Ah, 10 and 2. 10 and (laughs) (laughs) 2. But I had a good time. I had lots of fun. I uh, went to downtown. Um, No, not downtown. Old Town, Temecula, which was really cool. Hmm. I love how Old Towns always have a candy shop.
1: I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's like the thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's always just I don't know. I feel like it's a front. Maybe it's a front for like money laundering
0: or something. Yeah. Get that get those um cigarette bubblegum. It's always cool.
1: The cigarette bubblegum. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to fake smoke those when I was a young lad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do I like to roll up a pack in my sleeve so I look sweet?
1: <laughs> I had a comb and I'd comb my hair. <laughs> Dude, like they a, had like the they had the
0: switchblade combs there too. <laughs> 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 I was like, sweet, this place is the best. This is That's what so it's funny. all about. You guys drink your wine. I'm going I'm a comb my hair with this sweet switchblade comb.
1: <laughs> I'll take your whole inventory, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Give me two pallets worth. Oh
1: gosh. Rap. Well, Go. This is I feel like this is gonna be a long episode, so we should just start getting into it. Really quick, are you watch did you watch anything recently besides the movies that we're gonna talk about? Uh no, just Watchmen. Um, I watched a, I love Watchmen. I need a, it's what Sunday right now, so yeah, the new episode's tonight. Um I watched a Rumble in the Bronx with uh, Jackie Chan. And uh man, he is a, a legend. Um the choreography for his fights and stuff, obviously he's a big Buster Keaton fan. It is just so awesome to watch. Um, I hate the dubbing. I hated the English dubbing. I wish it was just subtitled. But uh, man, Jackie Chan, what a treasure. That was uh, it was really cool to watch. So and I hadn't seen
0: it in a long time. But anyways, uh, what movie are we doing today? Uh, we're going to do Man of Steel from 2013, directed by Zack Snyder. Superman <laughs> Superman. I don't know how uh, the song goes. You know what's so <laughs> funny about that? Is <laughs> the, the Superman theme mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite scores. Um uh, yeah. I I just think it sounds so like hopeful and positive and it just it just gives me chills. I love it so much.
1: Interesting. You know, I haven't heard it in a really long time. Um so I'm trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: who Who is a composer for that? Um, don't worry about it. Isn't don't it John, worry about it. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it not John Williams? Is it John Williams? Is it? Yeah, it's John Williams, right? No, I think I thought so. I don't know. Hmm. I don't like really, um, shit.
1: <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Uh, so Zack Snyder, uh, polarizing director for, for some and for actually probably most people. Um, yeah, he, uh, He's a guy he's he's that dude. This movie has a pretty solid cast, though. It has Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Diane Lane, Russell Crowe and a couple others. <laughs> um, what about what about reception? What did this movie do?
0: Oh, not too good. It was John Williams, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay, I just like right. see, the way you asked me. I was like second guessing myself. I was like, um, what? <laughs> <Is it that? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the start of the <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. It is actually really good. Oh, it's, it's very uplifting. It's and, so
0: good. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren totally ripped mm-hmm. their shit off of that score, too. <laughs> if you were to like, it's <laughs> like, course, like in a, in a, in a Pepsi challenge sense, you might guess wrong <laughs> which one's which. It's so terrible. That's awesome, though. Like, George Lucas is going <laughs> to sue somebody. <laughs> But as far as the reviews go, if I were to consort the old uh, trusty rotten tomates, um, it is it is not fresh. It is rotten. <laughs> rotten in the state of Denmark. It's not good. No. He's not good. Yeah, that's just too bad. Um, let's see here. Richard Roper from RichardRoper.com. He says... There's very little humor or joy in this Superman story. (laughs) Yikes. That that might be true. Uh, I find some joy, but there's not a whole lot of humor. Um, I found joy when it was over. (laughs) This guy. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Raper Guzmán. He says, Wait, who? Raper (laughs) Guzmán from Newsday. He says, (laughs) Cavill broods handsomely as Superman, but this reboot skimps on fun and romance. Yeah, people like the romance. Well, I mean, Lois and and Clark, the
1: TV show, uh, they I mean, they had such a good dynamic and what Margot Kidder and uh, Christopher Reeve. I think that they were just great together. They a com- or they, um, I'm sorry, complimented each other really well. And I think that that's a big part of Superman with his humanity. But We'll we'll dive in. Sure.
0: That. Well, the thing the difference, too, is that Christopher Reeve smiles almost the entire movie. He's so great, man. R.I.P. I. He was such a good Superman. Henry Cavill but. does not smile. <laughs> he's like, check out my arms, aren't they fucking badass? <laughs> I know, he's like, I gotta reload him really quick. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and, and I had Thinking about it, uh, pardon my, my stumbling there, um, but um, I don't think Superman really smiles a whole lot until Justice League. And I, that's when I really think that Henry Cavill embraces the role and really enjoys what he's doing. At least it comes mm-hmm. off that way. Um, because there really was no difference between Clark and, and Superman in these movies, that being Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't until Justice League that he actually looked like he was having a good time. And, and he was Superman. And it's the same, it's the same too, because not a lot of people saw Justice League in the grand scheme of things. It's did pretty poor, but I think he nailed soups in, in that movie. Martha. <laughs> why did you say that? <laughs> why did you say that name? <laughs> uh, I
2: don't
0: have a thing to say when you're going to die. I don't know. Read it somewhere.
1: Motherfuckers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Richard Trenholm. From CNET, he says, The scenes between Russell Crowe's jor and Michael Shannon's glassy-eyed Zod crackle with tension and drama that the scenes with Henry Cavill's Superman just can't match.
2: Hmm. I'll
0: be damned. Yowza. Yeah. Here we go. Here's a fun one. Leslie Commail from Cinema Siren. She says, Arguably the most satisfying, complex, and entertaining feature film ever created featuring the superhero wow she's not (laughs) she's not a fan of the other superman films that have been made in the past that's weird that is weird and you know what um even though superman returns uh had a terrible story i thought brandon routh was just Mm a badass superman i loved him so much as superman um
1: yeah, I thought he did, I thought he did a really good job,
0: and I liked I liked
1: Kevin Spacey before he was a piece of shit, and uh, I liked him as Lex Luthor, though. I did not.
0: You don't like him as Lex Luthor? No, I wasn't into it. I thought he was just hamming it up for the sake of being Kevin Spacey.
1: I mean, ham is pretty good. I don't I mean, eat it. I know. I haven't had ham in a long time, but it so. used to be good. They sell
0: it at Arby's. <laughs> um let's see here last one here christopher Orr from the atlantic there's plenty to like in snyder's hectic rowdy film but by the time we reach the bludgeoning excess of the last half hour it's hard to shake the sense that this was an opportunity at least partially missed yeah it's um just destruction born for the sake of destruction born i thought it was a little little crazy and that's one of the bigger criticisms is that superman probably would have taken this battle elsewhere and right. not and not destroyed uh, Metropolis. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that. You're hitting all those points
1: really well for me because that's that's how I feel. So um, this movie didn't win any awards because it's awful. Um, box office wise, what were do you know the budgets?
0: Um, I feel like you wrote them down. Two hundred twenty five million dollars for the budget. Did two ninety one million domestic. Total gross six hundred and sixty eight. So I mean. At the end of the day, it's a success. I mean, it, it tripled its, its budget, which is good. But considering now movies make a billion dollars, like Joker, for example, costs $5 to make, and it's going to cross a billion.
1: I know. That's that's insane to me.
0: Yeah, it's literally the most profitable comic book movie based on from budget to um, box office. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Just goes to show that you don't need to have um all this crazy cgi to get the job done let the characters tell the story not the not the buildings falling down
1: i've been saying that for years uh, a couple quick little trivia things. Henry Cavill refused to take steroids to muscle up for the role. Um, he also refused any digital touch ups unless it was his mustache um, or enhancements to his body in his shirtless scenes. He said it would have been dishonest to use uh, of him to use trickery while playing Superman. And he wanted to push his body to the limits to develop his physique into one that was worthy of the character. And I agree. Um, I think that Henry Cavill as an actor uh, and how he looked, I think he. He, he did a good job for what he could as Superman, but I mean, he was he was huge. The guy was just jacked,
0: dude. At the beginning, when he comes out of the when he comes out of the water after saving that tanker, mm-hmm. like, he looks like like Wolverine, dude. His hair's all gross, his pants are all shredded, and his I know. chest is just giant. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's a that's a nice looking man. I'm just gonna pause it for a second. I gotta go get <laughs> some food. I'll be right back.
1: I already yeah. made it my screensaver. So. <laughs> Um, in a flashback scene in which Clark Kent is being bullied um, he gets pulled out of the truck by those those high school kids he's reading The Republic by Plato um, in The Republic, Plato describes his perfect society which mirrors the makeup of Kryptonian society as given here most obviously both societies have preordained births in which people are born into roles such as leaders, warriors or farmers um, so fun little easter egg there And then finally, according to David S. Goyer, uh, who wrote this, he also wrote The Dark Knight. He was a co-writer for The Dark Knight. Uh, The story's major theme is first contact. And this is what Mr. Goyer said. We approach Superman as if it weren't a comic book movie, as if it were real. He's an alien. If the world found out he existed, it would be the biggest thing that ever happened in in human history. Just his existence would change the face of the Earth forever.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating because... um... You know, this very much does feel like a science fiction movie, and mm-hmm. um, I have on I have on my notes on page two here um, <laughs> of twenty. Just <laughs> skipping along, skipping, <laughs> skipping, skipping, but it, uh, we'll get to it in a second. But when I I actually say this is where it turns into a science fiction action spectacular, um, you know, and we're reminded that Superman is an alien, uh, which is weird because I never. Obviously, he is from another planet, but I never saw Superman as an alien before until this movie, which I thought was kind of strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, that could go both ways. Like, that could be like, oh, that's really stupid or be like, oh, OK, I appreciate your your take on that or what you guys were trying to do with it, per se.
2: Mm.
1: Um, but yeah, um, do you want me to read a synopsis real quick and then mm. we can just start talking about it? Let's do it. Yeah, all right. So so as the planet, I stole this from IMDb. Um, there was no author, so. I'm sorry for (laughs) unknown poet
0: of 2013.
1: And then I cut some of my own stuff into it. Um, So as the planet of Krypton crumbles, general Zod stages a coup and as concerned leader, Jor-El and his wife send their infant son, Kal-El to a distant world called earth. While a young child travels through space with an object containing the DNA of his home planet, general Zod and his cohorts are sentenced to an eternity in a black hole prison named Clark and raised by Kindly Farmers Jonathan and Martha Kent, young Kal-El lives in fear of what might happen should his neighbors learn about his extraterrestrial origins, eventually exploring the world in search of himself. In time, Clark's travels take him to a frozen tundra where the American government has discovered an 18,000-year-old anomaly buried deep in the ice. Daily Planet reporter Lois Lane has just come to investigate when, after venturing out with her camera, she has a profound encounter with Clark. Convinced that his presence on Earth is proof of life on other planets, Lois finds her attempt to publish the story thwarted by her boss, Perry White, who rejects it outright. Later, the airwaves are hijacked by General Zod, who threatens to obliterate the human race if they fail to hand over kal within 24 hours. Forced to embrace his otherworldly origins for the first time in his life, Clark Kent dons the special suit from Krypton and prepares to take a stand against an enemy far more powerful than he's ever known. The villains are eventually trapped back to the Phantom Zone, and Clark and Zod have a cataclysmic battle throughout Metropolis. As destruction is laid, Clark has to make the decision to save a group of humans as he kills Zod in the process, going against every belief that we are led to believe he upholds. As the government then decides to keep tabs on Superman, he reminds them that he is on their side and that he is here to help. Clark then is seen starting a new secret identity as an employee of the Daily Planet, assimilating into existence. Is the world ready for Superman? You be the judge. There you go. So cool. All right, I'm ready. Jump. jump <laughs> are you ready for this? I am ready. <laughs> um. Okay. So, Justin, what did you think of this movie overall to start out with? What were your, I'm gonna just ask you right now. What
0: did you think of this movie? Uh. Well, I I, <laughs> I, I think uh I can say that I enjoy parts of this movie um i don't i think that there are better superman movies out there but i do like that they took a risk and it's different but um i think at the end of the day if if someone says hey let's watch man i still like all right no problem let's do it if that helps i won't like say oh my god it's the dumbest movie ever i hate it Ugh, I cut myself because i'm sad now um whoa <laughs> Jeez. I, I, I I think it has some um, interesting themes and some good conversation pieces. Most of those come from um Jor-El and um, Mr. Kent, uh, Jonathan. I think he brings up some interesting points, uh, just questioning who we are as a species and how we are terrible. Um, you know, humans are, we're an interesting bunch and, um, Ultimately, are we worth saving? I think is a good question.
1: OK, yeah, um, I didn't like this movie. I liked it when I was when I first saw it back in 2013. It was a different time back then. A lot of drugs. But uh, yeah, I um, <laughs> I did not like this movie on this this go around. Um, I think I agree with you though. there are some parts when I was like, oh, OK, I could see merit in that. And I applaud them for trying to take a chance. But I feel with IP like this, it's really hard to stray too far. And they were the creators, Zack Snyder and, and Goyer, and even Nolan, to a certain extent, were trying to bank on the success of uh, the Batman series. And they're two different characters, completely different characters. And so I ultimately did not like this movie. OK, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's there. So why did they, and you and I were kind of talking about this before, why were they on Krypton for, what, you said 19 minutes yeah. is what you timed it? Yeah,
0: it's about 19 minutes, like 19 and a half. <laughs> but, but who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does seem like a long time, but um, I, do, I think what's important about this is uh, we're able to see who Zod is and what he's all about, and he's just a he's just a ruthless man. And his his sole purpose is to protect Krypton. And we'll get into that later. You know, you touched on it with them. Um, the the book that Clark was reading and those themes in a perfect society and how you're born mm-hmm. into your role, um, mm-hmm. whether you're a, a worker bee or a drone bee or whatever, <laughs> whatever the roles <laughs> were, I forget. Um, a sexy bee, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of those stinger bees um so I, I thought it was fun to see just how how upset he was and um it's important to see that clark well call him clark um that um kal-el comes from a good place you know his parents were good people and What's important about his journey going to Earth and landing in Kansas is that he's raised by good people. Someone, someone of Superman's caliber. If he were, um, like, for example, in that story, uh, Red Sun. Like, if he were to have landed in Russia, it would be a very different Superman than we know today. So mm-hmm. um, he was. He comes from from good genes, we'll call it, and he's raised by the right people, and that shapes him into the man that he's going to grow up to be. And I think it was important to see that his parents were decent and caring and smart. And um, I think it was just a, a good dose of background. It probably could have been about like five, five or eight minutes shorter. But, you know, we, we got to see <laughs> we got to see the the planet, you know, you compared it to Avatar. I don't think we were recording at the time, but, um, you know, jor Russell Crowe, he like jumps on Watto's back from fucking episode one and He's flying all over the place. He <laughs> looks like Watto. I'm not joking.
2: Oh, you Jedi mind tricks don't work on me.
0: You are a very fat man. I can't fly you around. <laughs> uh, we got to see all these little baby pods in the water there. And um, yeah. I, and I think what's important about that, too, is that we're able to see that this this looks like a very uh, like a utopian planet. It looks gorgeous. And these people, these Kryptonians, are about to lose everything. And just like here on planet Earth, we're exhausting our planet's resources. So there's a fun little parallel there. And that we are doomed to this same sort of uh, finale there. Where, where we are literally killing our planet to try and better ourselves. And it's not working. Yeah. I, I get it. It's, it's, it's a little on the nose. But, I mean... I'm not the one that's ruining the planet. It's it's the corporations doing all the corporation-y things, you know. <laughs> so it's just, it, and I think it shows that it's these these this council, this group of of, of of officials that are making the decisions for us, and they are ultimately killing us. I get it. It's fine, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have those those bureaucratic, you know yellow tape or red tape or whatever that you can't get beyond and um and that's kind of it, it, it's not different than than earth right. they're very similar in the sense of you know jor is a scientist and he understands what's going on and he's like look y'all we need to get out of here and the other people are like you're crazy we gotta and do
0: he... something <laughs> what was that from uh I save no no or no um uh, oh, yeah. Forgetting From Sarah Marshall, no, forgetting Sarah Marshall, yeah, that guy. He's like, we got to do something. <laughs> it's one <of> his songs. <laughs> Talk about saving the planet, but I mean, Zod even says, like, you know, you guys yeah. are sitting here in your ivory and ebony towers, <laughs> and you're just,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: you're you're wasting time and you're killing everybody, and he's like, that that shit sucks, and I'm gonna stop you. So I mean, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. That's um that's a popular thing that we're seeing with a lot of these comic book movies is that the the bad guy thinks he's doing the right thing and and his end game is to save the planet. That was his goal, and he will stop anyone and kill anyone that is trying to prevent him from doing so.
1: So I actually really like that. And and I think Michael Shannon is a, is a fantastic actor. Um he he does play a villain a lot in movies, but he's he's a good villain. Um And I think I I definitely got a Eric Killmonger vibe from this, Um, even though this movie obviously came out before Black Panther. But Eric Killmonger was one of the first real villains in a superhero movie that I almost related with just in the sense of like, he's actually not that wrong. I mean, sure. Yeah, he's, you know, he's wrong. Genocide is, is, is not right. But you kind of understand his motivation. And Zod, he even says he's like, not a day goes by that I am not haunted by, you know, the death of your father, but I would do it again to ensure the existence of, of our race. So he is so determined to continue his race and that's like his, his life's mission. But, um, he, he does have feelings. He's not this very, he's not a Terminator, right? Like he's not just going and and killing and doing whatever he has his reasoning behind it. So I really kind of do appreciate what they were doing with it. And then I don't remember the general Zod from the Christopher Reeve, movie if that was
0: what he was like. yeah he's kind of he's a little bit more dickish and uh, more of a prude and um it's just a little bit different he's okay. like the new
2: full so, thought
0: oh yeah <laughs> uh but maybe
1: i mean they could have accomplished i feel like they could have maybe still accomplished a lot of the effect of this without spending so much time on krypton and I think that they were just using it to be showy and be like, look at all these crazy things here. And Watto is here and we're flying. And like you're saying, right? but we
0: also haven't really had that much exposure to Krypton. So I can it's argue that, that it was kind of cool to see more of it since it was more of a, you know, it's just destroyed and we didn't really get a chance to experience much of it. So it was kind of cool yeah. to see a little bit more of it and, and appreciate this planet for what it is. Yeah.
1: Um, well, OK, then what were you talking about for for Plato? So let's You want to talk about that. We can
0: go for it. Well, so, well, I mean, I don't really have. Much well, I mean, I mean so that, so we can say that all the all the people on Krypton are born into a role, right, um, mm-hmm. that I actually have um, the perfect society. Yeah, so there's this part where General Zod at the end of the movie when, he said, when he's holding um, dust in his hand, and he's saying, look at this. We could have built a new Krypton um, in this squalor, but you chose the humans over us. I only exist to protect Krypton. That is my sole purpose for which I was born. And every action I take, no matter how violent or how cruel, is for the greater good of my people. The greater good. And now, good. And now I have no people. My soul, that is what you have taken from me. That's pretty hardcore. So, I mean, that's how he views yeah. the world. That he he no longer has purpose.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So, he's just... He's, he's following in that cyclical nature of, of what they... Um, what he, he thinks his home planet yeah. should continue to be. That's all he knows. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and i think that's that's why he's a good antithesis to to superman because clark was sent there and he was what what, the first natural birth on krypton in like a hundred years or something um and they knew that he could have the choice of what he wanted to do and it wasn't and joral explains this to him he said you know everyone has roles but we sent you because you can choose and um and that's really interesting and and i like that that aspect because you're right like in in red sun when he lands in russia if he would have been if his upbringing was different he could have been a bad guy mm-hmm. um so i think that that was that was cool that you know they got to show his parents doing something good and it kind of rubbed off on him obviously right
0: and even jonathan kent says something to the same effect you know he says you know you have to decide what kind of character you want to be clark whoever that person is good or bad he's going to change mm-hmm. the world and that's that's powerful stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. this movie definitely I mean, the material is already there, but it's fun to be reminded that, yes, yeah, Superman doesn't have to go along with this. Like he's choosing to to support us when humans are selfish and cruel and fearful. And at the end of the day, they just want to survive. And, and people do uh, make bad decisions, uh, maybe even something out of character. But that's who we are. And, yeah. and we can only hope that Superman will accept us for our faults. And that's right. that's some powerful stuff. Any other hero or, or alien in this case would be like, man, fuck these guys. <laughs> 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 <They're> the worst. <laughs> they're always talking really loud on their cell phones. Yeah. They're texting while they're driving crosswalks yeah. when they shouldn't be. Especially in, in downtown, people always walk out on the street before it says walk. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, man, you're
2: gonna get hit by a fucking car. And I'm gonna be like, man, it's not gonna save you.
0: I'm gonna be like, like uh, Lloyd Christmas when when the guy chokes over on his pills and he just like is like pointing at him and laughing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a goof. (laughs) 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 We'll eat up and we'll tell you. (laughs) Pills are are good.
2: Yeah,
0: that's totally what
2: it's gonna be like.
1: Uh. So, Justin, w- one of my biggest issues with this and it's and I'll try not to make this long winded, but wait is this all about
0: Krypton or is this the whole movie?
1: This is the whole movie because so Krypton, I mean, you 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 shed some good light on it. Like, I understand it hasn't been done before. So we get to kind of see this and, you know, albeit it's it's very sci fi and it, you could turn this on and you'd be like, what fucking movie is this? Um, so so I get it. But like, I, I understand your standpoint on it, too, for sure. But anyways, moving on. Um, so one of my biggest issues with this film is that Superman is this symbol of hope. And they, they even kind of slowly talk or they talk about that really briefly with like, what does the S mean? it means hope on my planet. Superman is about what truth, justice in the American way. So he is this beacon of light in in comic books so when Superman,
0: sure a, a 1938 version of superman is truth justice in the american way right
1: yeah. well in and, and asterisks yeah. on the american way but but you still have this character who you've developed for these decades and when people think of superman because superman is is world is known worldwide um yeah. when you think of, he's the greatest superhero of all time exactly um he has no flaws really other than kryptonite and whatever but he has no real flaws. So he should be this beacon of light. And instead, I think Snyder made him this reluctant, confused and reserved, like almost. I wouldn't even say he he's like the hero per se, but he was thrown into something and he's like, fine, I just got to do this because I have to do this. Right. Because I guess it's the right thing to do. He he was never really sure of himself until maybe the end and I would even argue that maybe he, he still kind of wasn't sure about himself. Um, Christopher Reeve was different. The best thing about him was his positive, his positive energy that he embodied, you know, with this role. You're like, you were saying his smile. I mean, that was awesome. Um, and I applaud, I applaud what Snyder was trying to do. Like we were talking about, he was trying to bank on that dark Knights uh, the dark Knight series success um, by bringing out this kind of dark and, and meek, side of it but i think he pushed too heavily on the negative whiny aspect of superman
0: well okay so moving moving on to when they actually get to earth Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a a non-linear childhood um storytelling that's happening where it jumps back and forth between him being an adult and a child and things are triggering memories and as a boy clark was terrified of his powers he wasn't able to understand who he was um, all the kids are making fun of him. They're bullying him. And they're get, basically giving him every reason in the world to hate humans. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't owe us anything. And yes. and I think it's, it's important to note that we have given him nothing to want to help us. We have done nothing but make his life miserable as a child to adulthood. Even as an adult when he's... In that um, like Alaskan town or whatever, there's that truck driver that's just a total piece mm-hmm. that's giving him a hard time. And he's like, "Oh, I just want to rip this fucking guy's head off." <laughs> and he's like, "Fine, I'm gonna go beat up his truck instead, right?" So, I mean, I I can get why he. I think any normal person would feel the same way. Like, what what have you done for me? I I have I have lived this life. I've saved people um, countless times, and all you guys do. Is give me a hard time, so I I I get it. You know he's he's been bullied his entire life when he could when he's a god amongst insects and Mm -hmm. he's put up with it. So um, he's a very patient man. At the end of the day,
1: (laughs) why was he bullied so much? Like I don't I don't understand. He didn't. He was just reading a book and he gets bullied. Like what? Why do you think kids are
0: kids are terrible? Um, He keeps to himself and maybe they just wanted to pick on him. He was smaller as a child and I don't know. Kids are mean, dude. Kids are mean. They're They're the worst. Especially with the internets. But I mean, even so like, you know, Jonathan Kent recognizes that the world is a cruel place and he fears for his son. And it was one of those things where he's going to be if if his powers were discovered, then he'd be poked poked and prodded by, um, you know, scientists in the name of science. We're going to figure out what this boy is, you know, (laughs) Um, to the point where he would rather let harm fall on others than risk his son getting exposed. So they have that interesting conversation where he's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Let him drown. And his dad's like, Oh, maybe (laughs) that was a
1: really, so that scene just right there. What I'm saying is when he's like, I don't know, maybe that really took me out of it. Cause I'm like, hang on a second, like, hold up. He could have saved these kids or let them die. And you're saying, you don't know if it was right for him to save it. Because I think, I think that like, you're right. I understand what you're saying by, um, We he doesn't really owe us anything, and especially with how ugly the world has been, but to have him sit idly by when he has the power to stop this from happening and save these people, and the fact that Jonathan was was like, well, I mean, I don't know, just to protect you, that that pissed me off because that was not that's not Superman.
0: Exactly, it's a very un-Jonathan Kent thing to say. But I mean, that's why earlier I was like, you know, humans are selfish, they are cruel, they and they are fearful, so it's like. Those those three characteristics right there summed up Jonathan Kent in this movie. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Um, and I I think one of the things that that bugged me with Jonathan Kent, I mean, and I like Kevin Costner and he did he did a good job for what he he could for this role. But one of the things that kept bugging me was how he almost made this. He flipped this and put the blame on the world. So the world isn't ready for you. The world is going to do this, and I mean to your to what you were saying too, like the scientists and stuff that would poke and prod him just to discover what's going on. Um, I don't even know if that's necessarily fair because it it mixes up the message of this movie. It's like, look, we're really shitty, but he's going to give us a chance. Or hey, this world is worth saving because there's a lot of good people here. Or something. like it's it's really convoluted, and I don't like that they were doubling down on that fact that. He's trying to teach Clark how to be a good person, but he has these weird, you can be good, but only only to this extent. You got to hide your identity
0: sort of thing. Um, well, I, I just think just to, to play, to advocate for the devil, I think mm-hmm. he was just trying to say that the world is not ready yet, but when it is, then you can make your decisions on how you want to present yourself.
1: But what when what warrants them being
0: ready? I don't know. It's a good question. So, and that's kind of what I mean. But I mean, that lady, that lady that came into the house that was saying, you know, this is, this is like scripture. This is gospel. Like this, your child is, you know, blessed. You know, she, she is looking at it from a religious perspective. And, and that can be very, very scary. You know, that, that's like going back just a couple, couple hundred years to when people were burned for being a certain way or hung or drowned or whatever. So um, people get scared and do really dumb shit man
2: yeah
0: and I mean we even get to see a bit of that you know we'll fast forward here in a minute but um, once the world knows that we are not alone in the universe, people start to act a little bit differently. So they're so quick to give up you know this person that's been living among them mm-hmm. um, and that's that's crazy. Well and even in like um, uh, Batman v Superman,
1: uh, he's looked at, at like this Christ-like figure by certain people. Like there's that. Oh yeah, they worship people. him. Yeah. Yeah. When he kind of comes down and he's very Christ-like. I mean he's as close to Jesus as we could probably imagine. And um so I think that that I think Snyder put his his footprint on that, and he wanted to to roll with it because he had, he had a plan for these movies, right? He had a plan for these Justice League films, and the way it could, there was some studio interference. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in that, but ultimately, I think he was again, he was trying to capitalize off of the success of of Batman. And the thing about Batman is that he can get away with it because his lineage is not black or white. He's not good versus evil. He is. I'm going to work in the gray. I'm good. But at the same time, I do some pretty shitty things and you can get real grimy and and gritty and dark and everything. But I just don't think you can do that with Superman as much as they really wanted to try. And they made him so reluctant. And that's what that's what kind of bugged me was he's constantly like running around and he's like, Oh, I just, I I don't know. I guess I'll, I guess I'll help out here and, Oh, I got to stop him, but I don't want to sort of thing. And
2: I think
0: (laughs) he's trying to find his place. Um, And he's been told his whole life. He can't do this. He can't Mm -hmm. do that. He can't, can't show anybody what you can do. Um, So he's been living in the shadows. You know, he is saving these people, but he's not taking credit for anything. Um, He's, he's trying to live up to um, Jonathan Kent's, like uh, ideals. Um, but eventually it's enough is enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I mean, I get that. I mean, you listen to your parents and you know, you don't want to disappoint them. And his dad obviously meant very much to him and he didn't know who his real parents were uh, at this point in the movie anyway. So um, I, I get it. Um, but it, it is weird because if you were to watch the original Superman, you know, it, it is, it is much more linear. He's a, he's a boy then he's a teenager and then, bam, he's Clark Kent, and he's working for the Daily Planet. And then he goes out as Superman. It's all positive things. One after another, it just keeps going. And when he's fighting people, he just picks them up and hangs them over a light post or something. He's not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, he's just, hey, I'm Superman. I'm going to fuck your shit up. And they're like, okay, well, just take me in. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> if you were to punch somebody, their head would go flying, you know, or he could chuck yeah. them into the sun or something. He's He's just way too powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things about this movie is he's not really hurting other people. He's only hurting other Kryptonians because they can handle the, you know, he's he's Ivan Drago and the Earth is Apollo Creed. <laughs> <You> know, they're <laughs> they're going to lose. Living so. in America.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> so it, it's definitely interesting how he doesn't hurt other humans. He's just like, eh i just going to go punch this guy instead or beat up his truck. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, And I think, but
1: what you're saying, like how he, he listens to his father and everything. So what do you feel though, on that, the highway scene when he gets killed, because Clark could have saved him in like a nanosecond. But he, he, I understand what he Snyder was trying to have him do is, is like, look, this meant so much. The ideal of his father meant so much to Clark that he, stayed back and listened to him, but he just watched his dad die.
0: Yeah, and that's weird versus having a heart attack and that being something that he can't stop.
1: That's what I mean. And like, that's what that's something that really, really bugged me because that was the setup for his reluctancy. And he continues mm-hmm. to do that throughout the film when Superman is the guy that will catch Lois Lane when he's nowhere in sight. Right. right. Or he, he comes and he saves the day it's not a oh she is always falling and i love amy adams but my gosh he saved her probably like six times in this movie and i'm like why are you in these precarious situations like stop (laughs) that that really really bugged me that kind of stuff kept taking me out of it and i like like i'm saying i always applaud originality and in trying to you know um break the mold a little bit but for something like this you, you i i don't think you can do
2: that
0: um So speaking of Lois, she actually doesn't come in until 34 minutes into the movie. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, Time that one, too. Um, Yeah, it's a long time. So, I mean, I think it's like a two hour and 20 minute movie. So it's it's a long movie. Um, But yeah, 34 minutes. She arrives um, at the Arctic.
1: So uh, along the lines of that critic that was talking about um, the romance, do you think that's a, a really big part in the Superman story is the Lois Lane and Clark Kent aspect
0: like their love?
2: Um, I think
0: so, because it's not only is Kryptonite his weakness, but so is Lois. Yes. You know, it's going to put him in a precarious situation more often than not. It's part of his vulnerability is his willingness to to save uh, humans and Lois especially. Yeah. You know, he he could get the job done in two seconds, but now it's going to take five seconds because she's falling from something, you know. (laughs) So it's just. It's it's just the way he is. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I, I think that romance is important for their um, story. You know, they're obviously going to fall crazy in love. And and I like one thing that I do like is that she knows pretty quickly that he's Superman. You know, it's not him lying like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go get some cigarettes and maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's a phone I, over there. I'll... I need to go into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always hate it when a hero has to lie. I, I hate I hate the lying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I I honestly is the best policy, and it and it just gets a little absurd when they just don't know who you really are,
2: mm-hmm. especially
0: if they're like your closest friend. I just don't think that it's true. I think that's a secret that you would have to share with somebody just so you weren't constantly hurting them. Mm-hmm. You know, she can make the decision. Yeah, I want to be with you, or no, I don't, or or vice versa. If you know, if, if she was the the superhero or whatever, but. I just think that everyone should be able to make their own decisions and you shouldn't be making them for them. And in this case, if you're not telling them who you are, then you're lying. You're not you're not flat out telling them, you know, by, by keeping it is how you're lying. So I like how she figured it out. And he's just like, "Yep, yeah, that's me. Check this shit out. This is my farm.
1: <laughs>
0: well, and especially
1: with so he, he he puts his glasses on and I'm like, that's clearly superman i mean (laughs) how do you you, right you know and i think that um i was unsure at the end if she knew it was him or not but she did i think you can kind of tell he's like oh you know he's like hi i'm clark and she's like oh nice to meet you and has this kind of smirk the shit eating grin like oh i already know sort of thing yeah so um but i didn't i didn't buy amy adams and um, henry cavill's romance i i think that it it didn't seem like it could build up for anything he saved her a bunch and therefore
0: she fell in love with him yeah it didn't feel like organic by any stretch of the imagination i agree whereas
1: christopher reeve and margot kitty wait margot kidder Kidder, yeah when she falls and she's like he's like i got you and she's like you got me who's got you
0: (laughs) yeah well that's that's the thing too is that she falls for superman she Mm -hmm. doesn't fall for clark oh that's true actually yeah so Clark can't impress her to save his life, you know, um, even though he like stops a bullet and, you know, they go eat like hot dogs together and stuff. You know, they, they hang out. But she has zero interest in Clark Kent. She wants the man in tights. Yeah. So, I mean, she she's going to have this one on one interview with him and it's an exclusive and she's wearing like her little. I think she's wearing like a bathrobe or something <laughs> like she's just like <laughs> ready for like, you know, let's just have a nightcap. No big deal. And, uh, you know, then he flies her all over the city and, and they have this perfect first date. And we've hopefully a lot of us have experienced that perfect first date and it's magical and you never want it to end. And then you start to have those phone calls that go on to like three or four in the morning or the sun starts coming up and you've connected with someone on a level that that you feel like no one else can ever understand. Like you don't get it that we're different and that's when it's special. And that's when you're deeply in love. And and I hope and pray that everyone can experience that once in their life. And we got that with Superman and, and Lois in the first Superman movie. And we don't even come close to that in Man of Steel.
1: I agree. I think we're far from it. Um, but I think that might have been a big reason why the first one was so good. And Richard Donner, just he's a good storyteller. So I think that. Oh, yeah, works absolutely. Out really well, um, so I want to talk about Zack Snyder. And you and I were kind of talking about this before the podcast. But why do you think Snyder has not been able to really do anything, quote unquote, good since 300? <laughs> I mean,
2: oh, shit, I know nah, that Dave, funny. I know
1: that Dave really loves Zack Snyder. Like he's his oh, number one yeah. fan. He named his World of Warcraft character Zack Snyder.
0: (laughs) Why? I don't know. He just just likes him that much. That way he can say, well, of course I love him. I named my World of Warcraft character (laughs) after (laughs) him. (laughs) <laughs> nice but what, what what's,
1: what's wrong with Snyder What why has he just is, is he just a con man is he just so good at pitching these ideas to to producers and to studios that they're like yeah here's 225 fucking million dollars go make a subpar movie
0: you know I don't I don't know because I, I like a lot of his movies like what Um, I mean I like 300 okay I like that's on a- the 10. I liked... Um, Dawn, yeah, that's good. Don of the Dead is good. Um, I actually like Justice League. You like
1: Justice League? Mm-hmm. I was not impressed. It was way too short. They crammed way too much into it. Could not stand Steppenwolf. Awful CGI. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, the list goes on, man. Sure. I mean, I, I get it, but but part of the re- most of the reason why I like Justice League is because of Superman and he's barely in the movie it's but true. that that is the Superman that I know and love and mm-hmm. I I think that Cavill knocked it out of the park and when he shows up everyone just feels at ease like once once he accepts that hey I'm back to life I get to do this again and he's like all right here we go what do you want me to do yeah always <laughs> say these guys you want to beat up this guy what do you, what do you want like we're all a team here but I could do this on my own. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: You guys, you guys
0: can have your. Yeah, I love that.
1: I'll let you guys have your
0: moments. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that. I think that's so fucking cool. Um, But I mean, as far as as far as Mr. Zack Snyder is concerned, when it comes to his directing, um, you know, I like Dawn of the Dead. I like Three Hundred. I like Watchmen. I couldn't stand *Sucker Punch*. I hated that movie. I will say <laughs> that I will. I can watch *Man of Steel* pretty much whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I enjoy it as a whole because it makes me think about certain things. It's not the Superman that I'm used to, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Right. Um, it's just, it's just different. Um, Batman v Superman. I wasn't really into at all, but there are parts that I really, really like about Batman v Superman, specifically. Uh, ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, he is just a, a menace and he's huge and mm-hmm. he's jacked and he's just murdering people and he's angry. Uh-huh. He is just an angry, angry Batman. <laughs> well, and-, <laughs> and, I, and I really, really like that. He might be misguided. You know, he saw, you know, at the beginning of that movie, he, the battle is happening between Zod and Superman and, and Metropolis is falling apart and, and he's not Batman in that moment. He's Bruce Wayne trying to save his people. He's just trying to get to, to his building as quick as possible and save as many people as he can. And, and he fails. And I, I think that he holds a grudge very, very, very well. And I like how he is, is always trying to be that one step ahead. And he's trying to, to bring Superman down. Like this guy brought this to us. I'm going to end it. It is now my responsibility to stop this man. And I, I thought that that played out very well. The movie itself wasn't all that good, but I like the way Batman was portrayed in that movie.
1: I agree. And I think that so I'll give Snyder credit for that, because I like his approach of making Bruce say that that line. And I'm paraphrasing, but where he's like, if there's even a 1% chance that he could be bad, you know, I have to end this Um, right because he understands that that type of unlimited power should not be wielded by anybody. And so that was his motivation. And, and Batman V Superman drew a ton of inspiration from the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, almost shot for shot for for some pages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the, in, in that, it, their motivation for that battle was they were they were homies, and they were a lot older, but you know, Superman was asked by the president, I think it was like Reagan or something like that, to stop um, Batman. And so that's why they battled. And this one, you know, you kind of take a pretty weak plot. But I do like the idea that that Bruce is like, hey, I need to stop him because good or bad, at the snap of, of his fingers, he could turn evil and just completely destroy us. So I, I did really appreciate that. And like what you were saying with with Baflec, um, he was just more... I don't know. He's like a solid guy. He was huge. He just beat he
0: the- so big. He was
1: big, dude. And, and he was he was gritty. And like he beat the shit out of those guys when he saved yeah. when, when he saved Martha. He, even, um, even
0: the people yeah. he was saving were afraid of him. Like that house, the like they were like those uh, it was like human trafficking or something going on. Mm-hmm. And they were terrified. They're like, dude, there's there's something in here with us. We're not alone. And we hate every second of it. Yeah. So
1: I and and a lot of people gave Batfleck a lot of crap. I think he did an awesome job, and I actually oh, yeah, he, that was
0: tremendous. He
1: was my only saving grace for Justice League and um for well BBS. but uh, I I really liked him as as Bruce. Um, I, I agree with you. I think I actually think Watchmen was pretty enjoyable. Um, and and Snyder did what he could with his content and stuff.
0: That is a property that everyone thought could not be a movie exactly and and he made it happen. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to give him credit. And I think it's I think it's phenomenal. I I, I get that people, it's not for everybody. And I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. But as someone that has read The Watchmen uh, uh, at least five times, I can I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that I enjoy the movie more than the graphic novel.
1: Really interesting. Um, So I, I think one one of my biggest gripes with with Watchmen, the movie was the absurd amount of power and fighting capabilities all of them had. Because the coolest thing about Watchmen, the graphic novels, they're just average people. I mean, well, they're not average, but they're normal people, right? Um, they can't kick a guy and he flies 20 feet back. Um, but in in the movie, just in, in a very Zack Snyder trope, he makes it
0: these crazy slow-mo fight scenes or just ridiculous. Right. Which I hate the slow motion thing. That's like my biggest pet peeve. It's like, dude, if it's being shot in 24 frames per second, (laughs) my eyes can, can pick up what's happening. It's not, it's not hard. I I get it. And you shouldn't have to slow down. So I can see that one raindrop. There's, there's (laughs) 6,000 raindrops on this screen right now. And because it's going so slow, I've had the opportunity to name each and every one of those raindrops. (laughs) he um he does that in man of steel a little bit too he does some of his trademark like zooms
1: where it's very Mm -hmm. jarring. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but I knew it. I saw it right from the get go. It almost seemed like he was filming with um, like a handheld camera or like steady or something that wasn't that steady. (laughs) Cause it was, it was shaking a bunch. And, and I was like, is this for you want like an effect of the planet is, I don't know, vibrating or something, but it was, it was weird. And it really took me out of it. I'm like, you can accomplish all of these from actual, like,
0: (laughs) you know, still shots or whatever. Sure yeah he just he's just trying to add some some flair to his movies. True, um, add a Snyderism to it. But yeah, I understand what you're saying with the Watchmen and, and the the superhuman strength, but I feel I feel like the justification for that is bringing the comic book to life and just showing why these people are better than who they're fighting. I don't know. it's weird. Like um in traditionally in comics, it's hard to sometimes see how strong people are when they're punching them or whatever it says, pow or bang or (laughs) zip or whatever. So um, I just think this was a way to, to sort of uh, bring that to life, but moving on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, After, after the 34 minute Mark, when Lois enters, (laughs) you know, we get about 10 minutes, 10 minutes of, of her talking to the military and, and she does what she's not supposed to do. And, and, She's the investigative reporter, and she goes to examine the site, and uh, she stumbles onto the spacecraft. And Clark is having a fun conversation with Dorel, uh, which is kind of great. Gets to meet his, gets to meet his daddy. You know. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm skipping. Forward. I'm sorry. I'm I'm fast forwarding. But she gets injured by um, like Rosie, the robot from Jetsons, <laughs> tases her, and then he has to cauterize her wound. Um, and then he um, rescues her. She's fine. She now she she has seen this firsthand. I, I witness account of of a super bean that was able to fix her. He gets in his ship. He takes it away. Um, that our military is mad at Lois for, for breaking the rules. And now we get that that one on one time with him, him and his father, which I love. I love how he's able to learn. Um, a small piece of who he is. The music's building up, and you know he's he's about to take on the mantle of Superman. And and Jor El says this line that I love, and he says, "In time, they will join you in the sun." And I thought that's really cool because you know he gets his power from the sun, and they're all going to be together. It's going to be joyous. Like he has faith is something that is brought up a couple times in this movie. You know, having faith in humanity. Having faith in yourself, believing in yourself. And this is he knows that his son was was left out to his own devices and he wasn't given that opportunity to to grow with his parents and, and learn right from wrong. And he's hoping and praying that, that he's gonna meet the right people. And I just thought that it was really cool that he was able to 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 finally meet his father in a in a really weird, ghosty sort of way, an, an Obi-Wan Kenobi way and um i don't know i just i really like that especially when he starts to to learn how to fly when he's that's really when he's starting to believe in himself like hey i can do this and you're gonna stumble you know it's the whole you gotta crawl learn to crawl before you can walk kind of thing and he's doing the jumps superman who can leap over a building in a single bound (laughs) you know it's sort of paying a nod to that because he didn't fly right away um and then when he does fly when it shows the sonic boom effect that's happening when he's breaking a sound barrier, mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's so, so freaking cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Like <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> you know, and even in the trailer, when he's up really high up in in like space, like in the and the atmosphere and everything, and he's just kind of taking it all in, and then he takes off flying. And then we saw in the trailer for a second him zooming in the sky and then you see the the white air breaking behind him mm-hmm. i was like oh my god fucking superman i love superman it's gonna be so cool wasn't really but it was cool. <laughs> it got me excited you know it was the visual cue that i needed to just i get really emotional with superman it's so crazy he's the only superhero that does that to me but like it's a combination of the music it's the 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 mythology behind the character just knowing how amazing he is like i get like choked up like i just love how cool superman is and it's really hard to to sort of show that on screen because of his outfit he's got these killer boots man (laughs) you know it's it's like really hard to make that costume work and uh even even brandon routh wearing wearing his outfit that he did in superman returns I didn't care. I was like, fuck it. It's Superman, dude. This is who he is. If he can go outside looking like that and being a badass, then, you know, so be it. And, you know, um, for as much as I've been dogging
1: on this movie um, because it deserves it because it's crap. uh, There are a lot of good parts in it. Um, So I really did like what you were talking about. The flying scene. I was so happy. I was like, this is awesome because this is, this is a Superman movie. This is an origin Superman movie where you get to see him fly. And it, flying to me would be one of the most exhilarating powers if you were to pick a superpower. And the fact that, yeah, when he breaks a sound barrier, you're like this is so cool. Um, you you could see him smile in that scene because he's excited. He's flying. Um, I really did like when he was younger and kind of going through puberty slash um, experiences, his powers for the first time. I thought that that was cool how they showed that. Uh, they kind of did that in Smallville too, which was neat. But, um, and I really like the costume design in this um mm-hmm. so his his costume was actually really cool it was very uh, it, it was a lot darker um and not as, you know, bright red and bright blue, but um, it had that kind of like a scaly look to it as well. Yeah, like a space My suit. suit,
2: son. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: His mom is the best, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know, Diane Lane. Um, but even, <laughs> even General Zod and dude, when they all came down, um, when Flora, I think is her name, when she came down and she had that badass helmet on, it was mm-hmm. that was cool. I'm like, this is like this is like a video game. This is what the, the enemies, the main enemies in a video game should, should look like. So I did, I really did like the costume design and, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Sure. Um, so moving on uh, the, the story leaks, you know, like Lois had this idea of the story. And then, you know, Perry says, dude, you're crazy. Get the hell out of my office. Take two steps <laughs> back and fuck your own face. Um, and then, so she leaks the story. Um, and then, you know, Perry says something funny. You know, He's like, whatever your reasons, good or bad. I'm glad that you're dropping the story. You got to ask yourself, is this responsible journalism to, to hide the truth when there is a strong probability that uh, the world will tear itself apart? You know, Perry asked Lois, can you imagine how people would act if they knew that there was someone out there like this? And whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not, uh, whether it be a matter of national security, do aliens really exist?
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: how would we react if we knew that we were not alone? Uh, signs is a really good representation of that for me you know we'd be scared you know like they're wearing like the, the tinfoil hats in their <laughs> bed <laughs> you know, we don't know what to do like are we going to die is this it is this a blessing is it a curse are we going to die are we going to be slaves are we going to be like uh, in war of the worlds when they get sucked up and turn into just goo it's um, it's, it's terrifying to know and then you have fucking General Zod who just He does like this outer limits thing where he controls the horizontal and the vertical. (laughs) He's like, you are not alone. My name is General Zod. I come from a world far from yours. I have journeyed across an ocean of stars to reach you. I love that line, by the way. Mm -hmm. For some time, your world has sheltered one of my citizens. I request that you return this individual to my custody. For reasons unknown, he has chosen to keep his existence a secret from you. He will have made efforts to blend in. He will look like you. He is not one of you. To those of you who may know of his current location, the fate of the planet rests in your hands. To Kal-El, I say this. Surrender within 24 hours or watch this world suffer the consequences. And that was transmitted across the entire planet in every language, which I thought was really cool. Like Mm -hmm. just one blanket statement, but it was terrifying. It's like, who the hell is this guy? (laughs) He's Michael Shannon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just such a scary dude. Oh my God. And and then that's, that's when we get to see what, what humans are all about. And, you know, they get really scared and they, even Perry just flips his switch. He's like, dude, you got to fucking come forward. We got to get this guy up. Mm -hmm. and um you know he was a guy that we thought was going to be this responsible journalist and then now right now he's doing something that's out of character because we all want to survive right and um i don't know i just think that's crazy that 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 superman has to to just accept us for who we are that humans are just just terrible we're children right at the end of the day we're all just kids and um and that priest says something pretty unique to him. He says, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. The trust comes later. And I really like that as someone that's not really a spiritual person. You know, I don't go to church, but I like to see the best in people and I like to give everyone a chance. Um, and so I really, that, that line resonated with me. I think that line,
1: that line resonated with me better in uh Spider-Man into the spider verse. Cause that was the it, whole thing is, is taking that chance and, and not being reluctant and um, what Peter says to miles, he's like, sometimes it's just a leap of faith. And I freaking loved that. And it was so, that was the central theme of it. But in this, um, I mean, I like that he had that moment with him. I think it was just a little too late for for it to happen. I wish that would have been way sooner or maybe his dad would have said that to him, Uh, Kevin Costner. Maybe if he would have said that to him, then it could have resonated a little more. But I, I mean, I agree. I think it was, it was, it was nice.
0: So you're now an hour into this movie, by the way. Exactly. That's a long time. That's a very long time. And for me, this is where it turns. This is what I was talking about earlier, where this is where it turns into a science fiction movie to me, where Superman Mm -hmm. surrenders to Zod. Um, They start talking about atmosphere and breathing. And that's when you're reminded that, oh, yeah, fucking Superman's an alien. (laughs) And, uh, you know, (laughs) these people are from another planet. It's like uh, Galaxy Quest. Like, don't open that. Is there air? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I love that. I mean, it's weird because I'm like, I'm thinking this because he's raised on Earth. You know, he's he came here as a baby. So for me, he is a human. Even it's it's so strange how that can happen. We we've watched a hundred movies where it's like, what does it mean to be human? You know, we could watch Wall-E or Short Circuit, and and these being. <laughs> These being like robots and you're just like, Benjamin. they have these, they, they, they exist, these <laughs> qualities that we think are only something that's inherent within a human. And mm-hmm. and it's really, really weird. And I think it's very powerful stuff.
1: I agree. And Wally, I mean, that's such an interesting thing too, because we, I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, but like what makes a inanimate object human or what makes a human, human. Um, and so I think that that was really interesting uh, and it's been explored in other movies too, like iRobot and stuff. But um, yeah, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Check
0: the probate. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving on here. Uh, Zod is a ruthless general. He's fighting for the survival of his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just my notes. Um, uh, even if that means killing a few along the way, um, which I always find is strange. You know, we were talking about that with Thanos too. You know, like um, he. In his mind, he is doing what he thinks is right. Um, He wants to save the universe. You know, that's pretty ambitious. And he thinks his way of doing that is, you know, cutting it in half. And uh, that's just, that's so strange. And it's such a common theme with with villains that they they think they're doing the right thing. And and maybe if you're following this person, you think that they are, you know, this righteous person. And they are going to be the ones that are going to bring Krypton back. You know, in this case with Zod, like... He had if he can get that codex, if he can if he can get that that lifeblood of Krypton back and we could have a home again and we can rebuild. And that is very powerful. I mean, you might forget about these little ants that you're about to step on when you don't have a home anymore. Zod is not wrong. He's just an asshole. He is very much. Yeah, that's so crazy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What else you got? Uh, Kal-El makes not kal jor makes a... um Another appearance. He saves Lois, and he saves Superman, and he reminds him, "Look, dude, you were born on Krypton, you were raised on Earth, uh, you have the uh, the best of both, and you were meant to bridge. Uh, you were meant to be the bridge between two worlds." I liked that, and a lot. Then, I like, I really liked that a lot. And he's like, "Look," and he like, like look at Earth from above. He says, "You can save them all." Yeah, like he wants him to be that guy, and I think that that's great. And I think that's the push that he needed to go in the right direction. Like he was still maybe a little bit on the fence. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll let the world go to shit, but I'll still have Lois. But now it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this. I got this. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, Enter destruction porn and poor Smallville gets turned into like Wreckville. And it's it's pretty bad. All right. Are we are we, are we jumping into
1: that point? Because that's that's what I do want to talk about. And, and yes. what you're saying with the destruction porn. And I think I've said this before to you. I am not a fan of disaster movies because I am that logical guy who's like, wait a minute, what happens next? And they obliterate that town just that fucking old main street where you can get your, your combs, your switchblade combs yeah. and your candy, right? My lappy tappies. <laughs> it's, it's just obliterated. And, and I think what they could have done with this is you, like you were saying earlier, Superman would probably take them to a different area. They're in Kansas. Why didn't he, try to take the fight to a different place, but yet he's, he's stayed in that the middle of that city and the fucking military doesn't care about people. They're, you know, shooting 50 cows on the street and blowing up stuff. They don't know if it's evacuated, but they're just shooting all this, uh, all of these explosions at them and whatnot. Um, And that, that really made me mad because when you, sorry, if I'm jumping ahead a little bit too, but you fast forward to the, to the big general Zod fight scene and Superman has a complete disregard for what is going on around him. So maybe he's saving the city from general Zod, but in the meanwhile, he's destroying millions (laughs) of uh, of dollars worth of building billions. billions, Right. And, but not even just that he could be essentially killing people through that. Like he's slamming through buildings and windows there could be people in there. I doubt that they would just be evacuated. And so it's it's so interesting that you had to do that. And that destruction porn side really pissed me off. I was like, this needs to end. And I feel like that's where the majority of the budget went was the goddamn CGI. Yeah, they had to destroy a lot of buildings. Dude, they destroyed so many. And it was really starting to bug me because I was like, why do you need this? It's it's needless Why you're slamming him through six buildings just to, you know, get his lip bloody or something.
0: Right. No, I get it. And that's that's kind of where I lost it, too. I was like, man, they could easily just be destroying crops. <laughs> <laughs> no one eats that much corn. Come on. Kill my market.
2: corn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh, Feyora, she says, you know, the fact that you pos- you possess a sense of morality uh, and we do not gives us an evolutionary advantage. Mm-hmm. And if history has proved anything, it's that evolution always wins. Yeah. Oh. but not in this case cuz it's fucking superman.
1: Well, but I was going to say something about the, I can't, I can't remember exactly. It was kind of towards the end. Yeah, I can't remember. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: I mean I I did like that line though from her.
2: Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Um here comes the world engine It's designed to terraform the planet, uh killing excuse me, killing earthlings and ensuring the survival of kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Um sure. So you got that's that's where, you know, we get to see earth being destroyed and more destruction porn. Um, uh, we get to hear about the phantom drive. Uh, it been space. That's how he left. Uh, that's how Superman left Krypton arrives to that portal, which we see at the very beginning of the movie. Um, it is the same technology that exists on Zod's ship and, um, they're going to create a singularity and it'll save the planet and everything sounds great. um, when uh, Jor-El tries to reason with Zod, which is impossible because he was bred to protect his people, and that's the only thing that he knows. He's extremely disciplined. Like, Zod does not change one bit in this entire movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Which which I kind of like. Um, he's never... He has, like, zero conscience whatsoever. He's just like, nope, this is it. This is the way it's gotta be. Um els like, you know, you're talking about genocide. And he's like, yes, and I'm arguing its merits with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like you calling me the crazy one like what the fuck yeah. get out of town i thought i killed you ages ago <laughs> then he lets him know like look dude like i want you to know maybe you maybe you can feel pain i don't know but just know that i'm gonna murder your son and i'm gonna recreate fucking krypton off from his bones and deal with that he gets rid of him once and for all with his little flash drive that he has um his pleasure yeah (laughs) um but you know another thing that i like too is um one of those moments that one of those emotional superman moments that i have is when um superman standing in the world engine beam the music's building up uh jenny olsen uh gender bender and um and perry they're about to die um oh my god i i just i'm so sorry i just got
1: that now by you saying that that was supposed to be jimmy oh okay anyway sorry go ahead
0: um, you know, Superman flies right into the world engine to destroy it and he's screaming the whole way. Like it's mm-hmm. sort of a never give up, never surrender kind of vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um hey boys, I'm back. back. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I I just fucking love that dude. I'm like, yeah, Superman. And I like he, he doesn't know how this is gonna end, but he just knows he has to do it. And I love that. Like it's it's so cool. It's so selfless. And that's the cool thing about Superman is that he is just So he's he's so far above and beyond what we are as a human race. And he is so selfless and he he will protect us no matter what. And that's that's one of the coolest things about Superman. He doesn't have he doesn't. doesn't, Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's just like the greatest superhero ever. And And I love that about him. When I was a kid, I didn't really get it. But as I got older, I really started to love Superman. Mm hmm. He didn't
1: he didn't resonate with me as much. And and I think a lot of that, like I'm a diehard Batman fan, and I think you know that. But the reason why that resonated with me so much was because Batman, the animated series, they had the Superman one on Fox. But that just didn't it didn't do it for me. Um, And I wasn't around for the Christopher Reeves movie. And I'm sure you were, though, right? Well, Um,
0: yeah, I mean, it was it came out in 78 and I was born in 80. But I mean, as a boy, I watched Superman. Sure. in fact the opening credits still get me sick to this day because it has like this little motion sickness thing where the names come at you and then they shoot off to the left and the right, and i'm and i just start to when i was a little boy i was drinking this stupid welch's grape juice which is so gross (laughs) and it made me throw up because i was just watching (laughs) the opening credits and i get nauseous but i I just chucked it all over the living room (laughs) and (laughs) and uh to this day, anytime it's on, I'm like, oh fuck, I can't watch the opening credits. And I love the Superman music, <laughs> but I just like, I just start to think of the grape juice and the vomit. Oh and, and then you know, it's funny. And Superman Returns, the end credits pay a nod to that. Yeah, and, they, and they're just like the opening credits for Superman. And I'm just like, oh my god. And Randy Van Dyke <laughs> and I, we went and saw it. Uh, like this is one of the first movies mm-hmm. where they didn't do a midnight show; they did like a seven o'clock viewing on a Thursday. You know, mm-hmm. and we went and saw it after work. And I'm just like, oh god! I like grab his arm, like if this is happening. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just gonna close my eyes and just let me know if something else happens. But I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't.
2: <laughs>
1: that's so interesting. I didn't know that. That's yeah. so weird. Oh shit! Sorry. That's so weird.
0: Um.
1: Oh man, that's funny. Um, All
0: okay. right. In my notes, the whole thing about which I already read, but it was Zod's line about I only exist to protect Krypton and um, Superman identifies him. He's like, He's a, you're a monster. You're a monster, Zod, and I'm going to stop you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's what's interesting about that is because they're they're both trying to do the same thing. They're both trying to save their people. Um, they're just going about it two very different ways. One's mm-hmm. on the offensive, one's on the defensive. Um but I do find it fascinating that at the end of the day, they're both just trying to save their people. And then, you know, he even says Krypton had their chance.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? he did. Yeah.
0: And he's like, he's like, if you destroy the strip, you destroy Krypton. And he's like, Krypton had his chance. Sorry, dude.
1: that's the line, actually, that I was thinking of for the evolution part. Um, I mean, that's evolution. It's just like in Jurassic Park. They're like, look, dinosaurs had their chance and nature selected them. And
0: we can't. We yeah. This wasn't because of a building of a dam or deforestation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, had,
1: they their had their shot, shot. And, and, and and that's that's kind of what he's. He, I thought that there was a parallel between her line for that with like this, it's evolution or whatever. And he's like, look, they had a chance, and and they're done. Um, you know, so and and I think you can see that too if you look back at the fact that they were trying to terraform on other planets, but everyone died because they sent those things. You know, those world builders or whatever to excuse me to a bunch of other planets um but they did not succeed for some reason right so i think Once that, that the was cards. A, a, exactly there was a pretty clear clear indication that like hey look this shit's not going to fly so um yeah but what you're saying with cuz you keep bringing up these really awesome lines i think this movie is a collection of a lot of very good small moments uh with i mean i even love the part when you have the voiceover from Jorel and Clark looks over to the sun and closes his eyes and Yeah, I love that. And they it's 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 really beautiful the imagery and they explain he explains in a in a pretty I don't even know if it'd necessarily be on the nose, but he explains what how the sun gives him power and how the Earth's atmosphere has made him stronger because the sun is younger there and it's a different type of atmosphere, so he's gotten stronger. He's like Goku going to that other dimension and training in like ten times gravity, right? So it's really cool that they they did that without being like, well, you see, the sun gives you the power or something. They just kind <laughs> yeah. of they throw it in there and then he does the like look over and closes his eyes. And then even when he when um he's like smash that panel when they're on the ship and he smashes it and the sun is there and it's clearly that's giving him uh, power and everything. And I thought that that was so cool because a lot of people actually don't know that the sun yellow sun. Yeah. the yellow sun gives the power to to Superman. A lot of people don't know that. So I thought that that was really, really neat how they did it.
0: Yeah. He mentions it at the very beginning when they're trying to figure out what planet to send Clark to. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, they have a yellow sun. That's perfect. He'll be like, <laughs> he'll be able to absorb the radiation and it's going to be fucking badass. And, He could he could get checks. (laughs) He's gonna have a
1: sweet tan. (laughs)
0: They're
1: gonna call him Super Tan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine his farmer tan? See, like his face and his hands. (laughs) His tan, that's it. His his tan
1: would be like a crop top top, so like his his chest hair is hanging out. So it'd just be
2: that taco meat. (laughs) Gross.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Um, the critics get a little upset here because Superman kills Zod. He makes the choice to break his neck because Zod says, look, dude, either you kill me. This ends in two ways. Either you kill me or I kill you. Um, he's got his super laser beams that's going to get to the that family. And Superman's like, don't make me do this. And then he snaps his neck and he screams in rage. He's upset. And... um. People felt pretty bad about that. They're like, why is Superman killing people? And I mean, even in like Superman 2, you know, when he's fighting Zod and and his minions, they fall down like this. um, He takes away their powers. He steps inside this beam or in this little compartment. They press the button. And what's supposed to happen is Superman is supposed to lose his powers. But he reversed like the polarities and things. And then so um, Zod and his minions lose their juice and then Superman picks him up, breaks his hand, and then pushes him against the wall, and then he falls down into this, this pit of terrible. And we presume that he dies. There's been like a billion cuts. Of course, there's like the Donner cut. There's a yeah. the theatrical release. There's um, a TV release. Remember when, when movies are shown on TV? There's extra footage that sometimes miraculously shows up because of due to editing from commercials. They're able to add yeah. more stuff in. Um, there's, there's one where they actually get arrested. So, I mean the version that most people saw in theaters, you know, he just punches him. He falls down a ravine and he probably dies. And then Superman blows up his fortress of solitude. So whoever was in there is going to die. So I don't really get why everyone was so upset. Most of it happens off screen with the deaths. So I guess I kind of get that versus just straight up Rambo breaking neck style, but uh, (laughs) breaking necks and cashing checks. He's like, all right, family, you go, you guys owe me like, $50. (laughs) It's $25 per eye beam. There's two eyes. That's
1: $50. (laughs) We're running a special. It's 10% off today. (laughs)
0: $45. You owe me $45. Um, I
1: I do think that it was, I really did actually like that he had to make that choice. He's like, you know, you need to stop this. Like he's pleading with Zod to, to not do it. And then he, he has to break his neck because he knows that that's the way. And that was symbolic because that's the end of Krypton. That's the end of his people, his race. He's the last one left. Well, that we know of from uh, Krypton. And that is that brings into character everything that he's he's learned throughout the years. Right. From his, his dad, Clark, or for his dad, Jonathan. Um and so that's why I was actually pretty impressed that they made it such a big thing. And he didn't just like snap his neck, kind of look at him and then walk away. He screams right in, in agony. Yeah, he's upset. He's upset about what he just had to do. And I, I really did like that, actually. I thought that that was neat. It didn't bug me as much um, because I think it fit what they were trying to go for. Overall, right. I, I just didn't think it 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 worked for this Superman. But I I, I actually really liked that just in terms of this film.
0: Mm-hmm. we were talking earlier about how Superman would take the fight away from the city and in Batman v Superman they like really hammered home like oh it's after 5 o'clock so everyone's gone for the day <laughs> there's yeah. no one in those buildings thank god it's Columbus Day it's a government building no <laughs> one's at work today so it's okay unless you're in retail <laughs> yeah then you're then you're effed in the proverbial A um, yeah. but they did they took that feedback and they made it painfully obvious to the viewer that no one was in those buildings.
1: Yeah, that was just...
0: Then at the end of the movie, um, the general asked the obvious question, you know, how do we know that one day um, you won't act against America's interests? And he's like, dude, I grew up in Kansas, general. I'm about as American as it gets.
2: (laughs) I'm a conservative. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, My favorite part of this entire movie... -hmm. Is um, actually uh, a quick snippet from the trailer, but it's actually in the movie. But is I hop the I hop right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) it's at the end of the movie where it shows Clark as a little boy. Uh, He's playing with his dog, and he's wearing his cape. Mm -hmm. And um, Jonathan sees him strike a pose, you know, putting his fists on his on his hips and looking down at his dog. Is that an Overlord pose or is that a hero pose? Like I I love that. That is well, literally, was, literally my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> even before that, um, you know, they, they
1: show Martha and Clark walking into the graveyard to look at their dad's um, uh, gravesite. Right. And he's like, I wish he could have seen it. And she mm-hmm. goes, he, he did. And so I think what they were going for was clearly, you know, he, Jonathan saw his son as this hero he needs to be. Right. But I do like the ambiguity in that. It's like, hang on a second. Um, we should probably tread lightly on this because he could be a hero or he could be this martyr. And, um, you, yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was really cool. It was like backlit really well with the sun. Mm-hmm. And obviously there was a, a big allusion to red, like she's wearing red, he's wearing white. There's red clothes hanging from the the thing. And I thought that that was, that was really interesting. I agree with you. I like that part a lot.
0: And, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much it for my notes. Um, it's a lot to take in. It's a two and a half hour movie. Um a lot of a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what I have, have you. <laughs> uh I, but I mean I feel like there are so many small pieces that, that form a big enough piece for me to walk away and say, Yeah, I enjoy that movie. I I, I can accept that it has plenty of, of faults and I can also accept that people hate it. Um I just think that for me personally there are enough um notes and nods to To Superman, to to create sort of a quasi symphony of of coolness that um, is only attainable um, by Superman. It's hard to make a Superman movie. It's hard to make them good. Um, I would argue that there are only uh, two from the original ones: Superman, Superman Two. They get pretty good. Um, and then and then nuggets from from Superman Returns, and, and Brandon mm-hmm. Routh is a huge factor in why. Um, Superman is cool in that movie and then yeah. and then this one and uh, it's it's a pretty big undertaking and there was a an interesting route that they took and I think at the end the payoff is big enough for me to enjoy
1: yeah I just unfortunately I I was I liked this movie when it first came out but it was before I really started getting into the, the mythos of superheroes and I mean I always liked them and obviously Batman like I was saying but um before I really started appreciating and my eyes were open to the possibilities of things, uh, like I was hooked on Batman and the dark Knight series. um, And so I was super excited for this one, but it just ultimately let me down. I think I really wanted to like it when I first saw it. And so I was like, Oh, that was so cool. But just, yeah, after watching it again, I'm like, you know what? That was, I just, I, it fell, it fell flat for me. And I think it was just messy. And that, that big reluctant superhero thing with him being in the right place at the right time sort of thing really kind of bummed me out. Cause he's like, Oh, I'm a fisherman and that oil derrick is burning so I guess I'll save him because I'm right over here. Well,
0: I mean that's the thing too is that they weren't even close. You know, they like the ship the captain was like, "Well, we're the closest people around, but you mm-hmm. know, we're not going to get to him in time." And um yeah. they weren't. They were they were miles away. You can barely see him off in the horizon, but then Superman makes it over there. He swims. He swims. Yeah. Um, so like, ultimately... let me let me take my shirt off. It's it's hard to swim with this shirt on. <laughs> well,
1: my ch- my chest hair is weighing me down. So what? Um, okay. So if that's it, what would be your letter grade then for this movie?
0: I'd say C plus.
1: Yeah, I'd probably say a D D plus probably. Um, and it's it's just really unfortunate because I think there's a lot of good little nuggets, and I really kind of like the trajectory that they were trying for, but there was a lot going on with missed opportunities sure. in this one. Um and I and I feel maybe Snyder was trying to think long term instead of the short term. He was trying to think of hey, we need to develop this DCEU sort of thing.
0: Right. And that's that's uh, when you get into trouble. If you can just make a movie and it be amazing and then build off of that, then mm-hmm. I think you have a a really good shot. Yeah, you can have ideas about where to go next, but I mm-hmm. think if you just try and have one complete movie, um then you will find success a little bit better that way.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that's all I have, man. That is all I have, too. That um, was fun. Yeah, that's good
2: stuff. I like
1: that. I'm going to always remember now to bring you Welch's grape juice.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I don't even think they
2: don't sell think it
0: anymore.
2: That. <laughs> sure juice. <laughs> oh,
1: God. It makes me nauseous thinking about that. <laughs> it's like, wow, this
0: puddle looks a lot like Grimace. This is pretty sweet. <laughs> Gross. Oh, all right. You want to take us home? Yeah, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Don't Be Crazy podcast there. Remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod, at edgyarmrow, and at zackdale60. Uh, remember to check out those little pod snacks that uh, Mr. Zach has been making for us. You got Parasite, you got the Lighthouse. I'm sure there's going to be another one sometime soon. Maybe on the on the Terminators. We all need more Terminator. They got this like part 18 now. <laughs> Um, but go ahead and share your thoughts with us and let us know uh, what you think Uh, I'm sure most of you do not like Superman uh, Man of Steel but maybe after this conversation you might think about it a little bit different as possible not probable but we'll throw that out there Um, go ahead and give us your thoughts on what movie we should do next happy to take that feedback and just uh, please don't be crazy thank you for listening thank you so much thank
2: you so much